money is cyclical. So the way that it works is like you put it out, it comes back. It's just the way it mm-hmm. works. And so one of the mm-hmm. reasons it's not why we give back, but we give back, we invest in mentors. We invest in even being in this Airbnb right now. Like we don't see it as spending. We see it as investing. And it's like, when we put it out, I'm confident it will come back. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. On today's episode of Amplify, I sit down with one of my besties, one of my dear friends and soul sisters, Jess Glazer. Jess is a former celebrity personal trainer and elementary school teacher. Jess turned her once cute side hustle into a multi-million dollar business in less than two years. And yes, hit that first million dollar mark during 2020. Since leaving her teaching job in 2017, she has hired a team of incredible heart-centered leaders, served hundreds of clients, has helped create over $7 million in revenue for those clients that she works with, and she is committed to helping 100 entrepreneurs create seven-figure impact-driven businesses. Seven down, 93 to go. As a result of donations and awareness that she and her husband have, have done for one of their favorite charities, They have built a school in Ghana with pencils of promise. Jess's mission is to cause a ripple effect and inspire change for generations to come, making a massive impact and leaving a lasting legacy beyond her singular actions. This is such a fun conversation. Like I said, I love Jess to death. She is an incredible woman, an incredible friend, an incredible mentor, businesswoman, speaker, like all the things. And we talk about everything from building a business to RV life, to uh, energy, masculine, and feminine energy, working with your partner and everything like that. So I know you are going to love, love, love this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome back to Amplify. I am sitting down today with one of my dear, dear friends, and I am so freaking excited for this conversation that we're about to have. It is the one and only Jess Glazer. I feel like I need sound effects like sort of thing. Um, So (laughs) thank you 
for joining us. Like one, I can't believe it's taken so long to like actually sit down and do this for the first time. Like, hello, what have we been doing? Yeah, this is going to be a great combo. And I'm just like selfishly excited for myself to, because we get to spend like the next hour together. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. And yes, with the little sound effects, that's what I feel like I need too, as I walk out with the little pew, pew in the fire and the napkin. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. where is my like little hype person to, to like follow me around with, with that? I guess I can handle it myself. Okay. <laughs> As we all know, we start every episode with some rapid fire questions. So going to jump right in. What is something that you're grateful for right now? Ooh, um, God, so many things. Uh, my health, my health, my health, my husband, my team, this weather. Good. What is a current guilty pleasure? Chocolate. <laughs> every day. Uh, same. Every morning. That's like the first thing I eat every morning. A little piece of chocolate while I'm having my coffee. Random fact that not many people would know about you. My right thumb is half an inch shorter and half an inch wider than my left. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one already, but yeah, that is a super oh, I can give you another one. <laughs> I mean, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Oh, what else don't people know? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have bit off more than I could chew. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, I actually Wait, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Another one. Okay. Um, I lived in Australia for like nine months when I was in college and that was amazing. Did you not know that? I did not. Look at oh, this. Nailed it. Nailed it. Look at this. All right. End the interview now. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> If you weren't doing what you do now, because obviously like we are living our dreams, like designing our life on our own terms. And if you weren't doing this, like you couldn't, what is a job or a career that you always thought would be like, so, so cool. Mm. I have made a lot of pivots. So I've worked in a lot of different industries and jobs that I thought would be so, so cool. And a lot of them didn't turn out that way. So what would I want to do? What would I be doing? something in a more creative field, something more artistic, something having to do with like fashion or interior design, probably. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Makes sense. What did you want to be when you were little? A physical therapist. Oh, check that one off the list, right? Pretty much. Well, I never finished. I never finished. I dropped out of my doctorate. (laughs) But like pretty much. Yeah, you got close to it. When's the last time that you cried? Yesterday. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> Same. And posted it on Instagram. Cool. Uh, when's the last time that you laughed so hard that you almost peed your pants? Yesterday, actually. Okay. It was a good day. It was a it really was a, good day. A big day. Big day yesterday. Okay. What happened to do that? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like a, you had to be there type of thing, but basically Mike, my husband remembered something funny that had happened a couple of weeks ago and he had it on video and it just looked like someone turned my battery off. I just kind of like, <laughs> like shut down and he took the video and he cut it so that it just kept looping and looping and it was just, perfect. Yeah, so perfect. <laughs> so as we will talk about in a second, and for those who don't know, you guys are digital nomads for the past, like almost a year at this point. So living the RV travel the world, or I guess by the world, I mean, United States kind of life. (laughs) Where are you now? And where's the next place you want to travel or you're going to travel? Yeah, we are currently in Park City, Utah, and we are going this weekend. We're heading over to Idaho to actually 
do some of the beautiful parks over in Idaho. Mm, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And what's on, what's on the like dream travel list outside of the RV travel plans. So outside the U S yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cause yeah. we're hitting pretty much all the States exactly. Um, Outside the U.S., I would just love to get over to Greece. I'd love to mm. take Mike to Australia. He's never been. I'd mm. love to, uh, we definitely want to do like Ireland and we want, I'd love to go to Israel. I mean, there's tons of places. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into the juicy stuff and the deeper, big questions and all of that. So to start things off, obviously I know you super well. I'm sure many, 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 many of our listeners also know you, but would you please tell us your story so that those who don't know you can get to know you a little better? Yeah. So I'll do just like an abridged version. Cause I tend to talk a lot. Um, went to college for my doctorate of physical therapy and dropped out in my doctorate program during grad school. I actually pivoted away for a moment, worked in the fashion and fashion industry for like a second, which was so weird, made no sense at the time, makes a lot of sense now as I look back. I worked as an elementary school physical edu- education teacher for eight years. And the entire time that I was a teacher, I was still working as a personal trainer, um, kind of unfulfilled the entire time I worked as a teacher. So I always had these, what I call cute side hustles. And I say that in air quotes, and that would be anything from like hosting fitness events and retreats to Uh, just really anything in in fitness. And so in 2017, I decided to leave my job as a teacher. I had no plan. The plan was do anything I needed to do to make ends meet and just put my ego aside. And if I had to go waitress or bartender or whatever, I just wanted to do something different. And at the time I was working, you know, as a personal trainer and hosting these fitness retreats. And I thought that that would probably be the path. It was like, how can I be the next Jillian Michaels or at the time, you know, tone it up or something like that. And my husband and I moved from New Jersey into New York city. We were, you know, he was working in Manhattan anyway. And I built my kind of cute side hustle to a multiple six figure business really, really quickly. And so then a lot of the trainers in New York started asking me how, and could I teach them? And so in November of 2018, I started very quietly sort of business coaching and helping some of my friends and they started to get incredible results. And so I actually, over the course of 2018, 2019, made the pivot away from the health and fitness industry, which I was in for 18 years and went full-blown business coaching, shut everything down, like finished with all of my clients. I was doing a lot of like writing for magazines and fitness modeling. I just like tabled everything, went all in on business, scaled to multiple seven figures. Um, and yeah, retired, retired Mike, hit the road and here we are now. It's so <laughs> cool. I pre- and it's so funny because like, as you're saying this, so for those who don't know, Yes, Jess and I are very good friends and have also worked together. So she's been yeah. my coach. We've done PR for her. So like, as you're telling your story, I'm like, I could say your story. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think I have this memorized also. <laughs> so tell us about what your business looks like now, because even just like in the last year, it has evolved so much. Yeah. We have a couple different programs. Um, We've really built out our team over the last year, year and a half. So we have 10 different coaches on staff, which is pretty incredible. Some are specialty coaches. Some are more just like general business coaches. We have a few different programs, but our like signature program that we're known for is Empower, which is a 90 day group coaching program, helping people build and create their own coaching platforms as well. That's really like the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the company. Um, But we have a secondary program, Elevate, that's for the higher level entrepreneur We have some other stuff behind the scenes. We've got some products coming out, some physical things. Um, I do some one-on-one coaching as well. And so lots of different pieces to the puzzle. 
Yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, what can we exactly talk about? You know, all that. What do you feel like your big superpower is or like what's your 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 purpose, if you will, you know, just like a chill question for you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think your purpose is go. on this planet? <laughs> like starting to sweat. Um, my superpower definitely is taking things that might be difficult to understand and making them really easy to digest and understand. I, I am I'm a teacher to my core. And so the way that my brain works, it's just very much in that capacity. My purpose is really helping other people step into their ability as a leader to make difficult concepts easy and mm. become relatable and, and take others with them and just continue on that ripple effect. Yeah. 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 What, it, what have for you been some of the like biggest challenges in your entrepreneurial journey or even just in your own journey that have like been created like beautiful lessons for you? Me like myself, I've been the biggest challenge the whole time through, whether it was just starting, (laughs) getting in my own way, you know, letting perfectionism take hold, letting my ego get in the way, um, being really stubborn, not wanting to ask for help or ask questions. It's just been me the whole time. Like any, anything that I'm working through is a, is a me thing, you know, not releasing control to the team. Um, I love you so much. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, this is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me. There's nothing else. I mean, the tools and the resources are out there. It's like, can you get over yourself to, yeah. to ask for them? You know? Yeah. Okay. So uh, along those lines, cause even just like, oh shit, like maybe a year ago, girl, like you were still very much in that, like almost like workaholic grind, 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 like hitting burnout yeah. kind of place. And maybe not a year ago, but like not that long oh, ago. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you're just saying <laughs> like that was, <laughs> know it's been a while since you've been in that place maybe I don't know um and so like in the masculine right in the masculine Mm -hmm. energy and and at the same time like you know in just in our conversations craving more of the feminine and more of that space but again like you just said like we sometimes (laughs) get in our own way so much with that so and what I will say also, like I have seen you step into the feminine so much more and like work very hard to have more of that play between the masculine and feminine energy and being able to see you like take full weekends off or like take Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays off and like have so much more play time with, with Mike to adventure and explore and all that. So what helped you to really, and, and I will say too, like, this was also when you were running a like near million dollar business. So like operating that way was producing great financial results and stuff like that. And it was like exhausting. So what Mm -hmm. did you do? Like, how did you really shift that? And it's always like, you know, it's always a work in progress. Right. But like, what was helpful for you in getting out of that, like grind, grind, grind all the time zone? Yeah. I think so many of us probably can relate to this, but oftentimes we're told things or we're taught things and we don't actually learn them until we go through them ourselves. And so, you know, stepping into the feminine and more being and less doing and all these wonderful things that I read and hear about what it was for me was burnout, not once, but twice. Um, And it was really having a moment where I was on my knees in our apartment in New York City. Um, I had already gone through one stint of burnout. This was the second time around. And I had a breast cancer scare. And I was on my knees just crying. Like, I did this to myself. Why do I keep Mm. doing this? You know, I should have learned. 
um, a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration and, and disappointment with myself, which is, I was able to then work through that and heal through that. But it was a few of those moments that literally brought me to my knees for me to be like, okay, there's gotta be a different way. There's gotta be a better way. Or what is it all for? Right. Cause I started to question like, what is it for? Is it even worth it? Hmm. And um, when you asked me earlier, my gratitude, the first thing out of my mouth was my health because yep. For me, when I overwork, when I do too much, when I'm too much in the masculine, my symptom, my sign that I know is always a physical thing. So it's either usually gut health or back back pain. Um, and so I don't ever want to take that for granted. And I'm given those signs often. And I know it's like time to pull back a little bit and take my foot off the pedal. And um, I know that I'm safe and I'll be okay. And I've always been okay. And so, yeah, for me, it's just, it was kind of like knee knee crumbling moments that have happened a couple of times where I was like, and we need to do something different. Yep. Oh, I relate to this too, where you're like, oh no, I have to actually run a hundred miles an hour into the wall instead of like seeing the wall. (laughs) You have to run into it still sometimes. Okay. So what are the, some of the things that you did, like the doing pieces or Mm -hmm. even the mindset shifts? Cause yeah, we can have those moments where you're like, holy shit, wake up call sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But then it can be a little harder, right. To like have the actions follow or the, the mental shifts to follow, to make the changes. So what were some of the things that you did to let go of the control stuff or to work less or to delegate more, like whatever it is, like how, how did you put that into practice effectively? Yeah. A couple things. So number one would be like support and accountability, whether it's you, you know, just friends that are like, Hey, what are you doing over there? Or, (laughs) you know, Mike or being in masterminds and having coaches and mentors that can be kind of keeping me in check. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was, just actually stepping forward and really trusting that I can start to delegate. And it's like anything that we do when we do it and we don't die, we have like proof that we lived through it. It's okay. We start to like build confidence on it. And so it really started with just like passing off a couple little tasks here and there, even to friends that I was like bartering with that then turned into like a little part-time thing with a, with someone before I actually brought people onto the team. But it was like the more that I give away, the more that I delegate and they do it, and they do it better than me or they do it faster than me. And I had that proof. It was like, oh, okay, this is actually okay. I'm safe. And so it just was like starting. It was literally just starting and being like, hey, can you take this off my plate for me? Um, And a lot of just really icky conversations that weren't fun and journaling and crying and meditating and, you know, all, all of those things. But when you start and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Actually, it's great. Now it's like, I'll ask for something to get done. It'll get done. I'm like, that's crazy. I didn't even have to do it. <laughs> what? What? It's done. This is what it feels like to be supported and not have totally. to do it all myself. Who knew? But you, like, totally. we joke about it a little bit. And like, you know, as also a like former control freak, super type A kind of per- person, former perfectionist, all that, like, yeah. Like sometimes it is like, yeah. no, I have to do all of these things myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So now what does, what does your like day-to-day or weekly schedule kind of look the look like these days? So these days are a bit different just because we're on the road. Um, it definitely has shifted a lot and that I've been pretty honest and transparent on my social media accounts. I struggled the first three months that we were on the road. I had a really hard time. I had a hard time adjusting to life on the road, Mike being in the business, because that all happened at the same time, um, Wi-Fi issues and, and making that a bigger issue than it maybe was. 
my schedule, my routine. I'm like a huge, like creature of habit. So what does it look like now? Mondays and Tuesdays are very heavy workflow days for me. Monday is usually a super masculine day. A lot of like admin team meetings and stuff like that. And then Tuesdays are generally all like coaching. Wednesdays will be maybe like a half day, maybe a full day kind of depending. And that's usually a lot of creative. So very feminine. And then Thursdays are quite short. So I might work for a couple hours in the morning, again, bang out a couple coaching calls. And then Fridays, we, we always have off, um, Saturday, Sunday, always off Thursdays, usually even a half day too, but I stack my Monday, Tuesday. I mean, most people wouldn't want my schedule when you look at it, like Monday, I'll do, you know, seven to nine calls. It's a lot, but it's a choice because then we're traveling or exploring or something like that on, you know, Thursday, Friday, something. Oh my gosh. And even just hearing you say this, like, I'm so proud of you because I know in knowing you like that. Yeah. To get to that kind of schedule is probably super fucking hard. Right. And, and, and I've seen you also consistently stick with it, which has been so lovely to see. Cause I just know like it yeah. probably just feels so good for you. And, and yeah, that's a similar way to like how I structure things too. Like Monday, Tuesdays are, are, and Wednesdays are pretty non-stop, which allows me yeah. to on Thursdays, just get to chit chat with my besties like I'm doing right now. And then Fridays I'm like, do I feel like working? Yeah, maybe let's do a little bit of something sort of thing. Yeah. I, I really yeah. love it. Okay. Let's yeah. talk a little bit more about RV life because yeah, yeah that's well, all the, all the questions. So <laughs> one going from leaving your a place in, and you guys had a gorgeous apartment in Manhattan that you had ju- like just moved into not even that long yeah. before. So like leaving a beautiful, spacious, like luxury apartment to moving into a luxury RV for sure. <laughs> but then being on the road, yeah. Dealing with the Wi-Fi issues. Um, also then your husband coming into the business too, and not just coming into the business. Cause that's well, I definitely want to talk about that, but like, then you guys are literally living in like a, a box a together, box. <laughs> nonstop, always <laughs> like, so, Hey, let's work together full time and be five feet away from each other at all times, which yes, like yeah. you guys have a, an amazing relationship. I know that. And you know, <laughs> sometimes. Okay. So what, why did you guys decide to jump into the RV life? Yeah. <laughs> we love New York city. Like we're huge advocates for city people obsessed with New York, lived there for many years, just love it, adore everything about it. And when we signed our lease in January of 2020, we had just moved in. We knew that that was going to be like, that was our last lease. We generally were due like a two year. We did a one year. We said, this will be our last year in New York. We're ready to like kind of kick it, go back to the suburbs, you know, slow down a little bit, maybe start a family or something like that. And we had come from the suburbs. We actually own a house in New Jersey anyway, and we rent it to a tenant. So we were, that was the path, you know, we were really excited about that. And then, you know, last year happened and, and things were brought to light and the city that we loved so much, mm. similarly to yours, it just, it disappeared. It shut down yep. and um, it's not cheap to live there. And so while we lived in a gorgeous, like you said, beautiful, incredible two bedroom apartment, that's all that we had. It was this beautiful apartment up in the sky, um, but no land, no no outdoor space. And the reason why we lived there and all the things that we loved about it were were shut down. They were taken from us and um, we didn't know how long it would be. And so over the summer, we decided to head down to my brother's. We stayed with him in North Carolina for about two months. 
um, which was an incredible experience. It was just so much fun, but we got a taste of what life could feel like. And at the time, Mike was lucky enough, his, his company was letting him work remotely. Mm. And so we got this taste of like, oh my gosh, life outside the city and slower and nature and, you know, what could it look like? So what ended up happening was cool. Let's definitely leave the city maybe sooner than later. Maybe we'll actually not finish our full lease. We actually started looking at houses in New Jersey and because the market was so hot and in demand, crazy, everybody was fleeing the city. So the prices were just absolutely crazy. We would get into a bidding war if we even tried, you know, people are giving a hundred, 200,000 over asking. And it just, it just didn't even feel like the right, a right time. And then we started to question, wait a minute, if he leaves his job and comes to work with me, we technically can live anywhere. So then it was like, do we actually want to be in New Jersey? Well, we don't know. We haven't really explored other places. Okay, cool. Let's Airbnb hop. That was our first, that was, that's what we were going to do. And we didn't have a car. We lived in New York. So we're like, we're going to get a car and we're going to Airbnb hop and we're just going to bounce around for a couple months. And then we had a couple different friends that had also purchased RVs. And so on like a drunken Zoom call one night, it was like, wait a minute, what would that Same. look like? Yeah. Like we've never, we've never even been in one. We've never seen one. So we went and we looked at them and it was like, could we see ourselves living in this? And we guys had never even like done RVing or like, had you been camping before or anything like that? No, maybe like twice. I'm like camping when I was 20 at Bonnaroo, you know, like, or a fish festival. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, neither of us. Oh, big change. So when we went to look at them, big change, we were like, we're not roughing it by any means, as you alluded to, we're, it's, we're not roughing it, but, um, we looked at them and it was kind of like, we could, we could totally do this. And so, you know, with him leaving his job and we can go anywhere and let's just take our house with us. And yeah, we just pulled the trigger from the day that we looked, we looked on a Saturday for the first time ever. And we purchased our RV the following Friday. Like it was a week. So cool. So cool. I love it. What? Okay. With all of that, like where have been some of the, like your favorite spots that you've gone? Utah is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like everything in Utah. Oh my gosh. We did all the parks here, like Bryce and Zion and Canyonlands. I mean, all of them. Utah visually has been, just been gorgeous. Scottsdale. Um, we really wintered a lot of our time in Arizona between Scottsdale and um, like Sedona felt very homey. Like Scottsdale mm-hmm. just felt normal. It kind of felt like the East coast. Um we were in, we spent a lot of time in Texas when we first hit the road. It was, it was fun. I, you know, it was fun, but yeah, it's been, we've been all over. I think we've done about 15 States at this point. And then moving forward, we're booked now until September. So we have Wyoming, Montana. They're all coming up like Yellowstone Glacier National so Park, cool. all of that. Oh, yeah. I know. So cool. So I love it. I love it. Such an adventure. I still have to like pop in for a little bit of it or tag Please. team, find it, it somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would okay. Absolutely. Like for real, for real. Um, okay. So what were some of the, like, I get not challenges, but like, how did you guys navigate or figure out how to work together really effectively? Cause like on the one hand, so obviously everyone listening knows that I am, you know, have become single in the last year, divorced and stuff. And I, like on the one hand, like the idea of working with my spouse, like whoever that will be, like my life partner and stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah, that could be amazing. And also like, I don't have to have things look like that. And it also could be insane. (laughs) So like, how did you guys, yeah, navigate that adjustment to make it work really nicely. And then also be able to be like, oh, 
we're working together, but then also now we stop and now we're husband and wife and like partners and that kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of communication, a lot of conversations. You know, one of the reasons why we made the decision when we did for Mike to leave was the person we were looking to hire was, or what we were really going to need in the company was exactly what Mike does and what he's really good at. So he was going to kind of fill that gap of a role that we were going to be hiring for anyway. Um, and again, when we got that taste of what I would call, I guess, like freedom life, where it's just like live wherever, make our own schedule. We both got really just attracted to it and addicted to it. It was like, oh, this is great. If we do this together, then we can just do whatever we want. Like we are our own bosses. And so that was kind of always the like North comp, the, you know, the North star, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a slower transition for him to come in. He kind of started coming on team meetings because there's other people on the team as well. We all started to feel out like, how is it going to work? Where is it going to go? And when we first got into the, into the RV and on the road, he was really just taking care of like all of our life stuff. I mean, there's so many things that had to happen with him leaving the job and, you know, whatever, just life stuff. Mm -hmm. And in terms of transition from like day to night, almost, we will generally, we take a non-negotiable walk, you know, every day. And that's usually where it's like, we're shifting out of work and into relationship. And most of the time the walk is silent. Like we don't even necessarily talk at first or we'll still be talking about work and we have to like check ourselves. Yeah. The start Um, of it, you're like CEO mode. Yeah. And you're like, super masculine. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, just time away too. Like we've really had to like learn some days we only have, you know, we have one car, we tow it. And so like, I'll take the car for the day just to like, whatever, just go to a coffee shop or go to get my nails done or something, or like, he'll take the car and do something or, you know, time away. He's had some like guys weekends. I've had some girls weekends, uh, just even going for a walk alone, you know, like multiple times throughout the day, we'll take walks. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to go by myself. And it's like, okay, cool. We honor that for each other. So lots of like separate time and making sure we kind of plan that in, but it has been the coolest, really, really hard, a lot of growth, but the coolest experience and like we will not go back to. I love it. Have you, have you guys like, jobs. yeah, no way. And have you guys like learned like fun, new things about each other in this process? Like, Oh sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like but that. all of it, not just the work stuff, even just the RV stuff. Um, like, I think yeah, one of the like, things that's been cool like, has just been what we like and don't like and how we're both empaths. And so like how much mm-hmm. energy of like places. So for example, right now, literally, we're in an Airbnb in Park City because our RV is actually parked in Salt Lake City and just the energy of it wasn't like vibing for us. So we left it and we like came to the Airbnb, but just learning that type of stuff too. We don't necessarily want to be in a city anymore as we've been away from one, but like we need to be near it. We both need Mm. like some hustle bustle and 20, 30 minutes away from like major shopping mall, not malls, but you know, Target, right? Like that type of thing, Whole Foods. Yeah, Um, yeah. That's been interesting. And then also- landscape we're learning so much too like we'll drive somewhere right now where we are it's super green we haven't been anywhere this green since we left the east coast yeah a lot of orange ago. a lot of a lot of orange a lot of desert you know and and so like just even learning about like how we feel in different weather and different like with water or a mountain or dry or whatever it's just been really really cool and the coolest thing is we're on the same page <laughs> We feel the same way. Like, so it's yeah, like, he's it's like, nice. I need the ocean. You're like, I need the desert, you know? Yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So cool. I love that. What, okay. For the past, like, obviously, like, I feel hopeful that things are kind of like, shit, who knows, who freaking knows, like opening back up and like maybe going to stay open or whatever. Like there's a shift that's going on in the country, which is lovely. 
Um, and like, we all had this like fucking weird ass year and a half, right? It was like surreal in a thousand different ways. What were some of the biggest, or like, what was one or two or something of the biggest lessons for you in, with everything that has gone on in the past year, like in the world? Mm, Probably just how like adaptable we all are. I mean, right at the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, everybody's world flipped upside down. And within like what, two weeks, everyone was just settled into a new routine and it's the new normal. And, and I just, I think it's interesting to just see how adaptable we all are. And like, Mm -hmm. what do they say? There's a quote with like creativity. I'm not, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, if you want, if you want someone to like express creativity, give them two crayons, not the whole box. And like that, that's really how you tap into like being, how do you reimagine even entrepreneurs, right? Like, how do we imagine Mm. things? How do we reimagine? How are we creative? How do we adapt? And so it's this concept of like two crayons, not a box. And I feel like the last year and a half has been like, all right, you have two crayons, like, go ahead. Yeah, We're going to break one in a week. (laughs) That's right. You have one and a half crayons and one of them is white. (laughs) So like, it's not even colorful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, um, but I think, I think that's been a great, just a great lesson. And also just a cool thing to see how people are reacting and it's it's shown a lot of just shown a lot right like it's like my Mm -hmm. parents feel one way and my brother feels one way and my friends and all this stuff and it's not about a divide it's just like oh different perspective and so many interesting conversations have happened over the last year and a half and I think it's beautiful I think it's I think it's amazing I've been introduced to things I had never thought of and I've introduced people to things they've never thought of and I just think it's a been a really cool opportunity for growth yes I agree Okay. So one of the things that I admire you so much for is your ability to like, stay so focused on like, I'm going to, I'm going to be real, like the same thing for a long time. And, and obviously like, even if you're doing teaching the same stuff or running the same program or whatever, like your business and life as an entrepreneur changes like every freaking week. Like it always looks different. We're always growing so we can serve bigger. And cause like, we're obsessed with that kind of shit too. So it never is like, when I say like the same thing for years, like it's really not the same thing. And as somebody who's like every six months, I want to create a new business or a new program. And sometimes I just do like, you know, you know, I'm like, Oh, just stay so focused on the main thing and like, so consistent with it. And I'm sure there are times when you're like, Oh, this training again, I've done, I've trained on this a hundred times. Right. Like how do you stay so disciplined and focused, focused and passionate, like doing teaching the same kind of stuff for years now? Yeah. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Question mark? No, it is. It is. Well, and, and here's the thing, like we're, no, we're wired differently, right? Like, yeah. like, and, and with that too, like having been a teacher and that's like such a natural thing for you. I'm like, no, I'm like an ADD CEO, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. And that's how I have to operate yeah. is like variety change yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I always think of like back in the day, I was a college gymnast. So I like think back to like, you know, 20 years of gymnastics, but then also the teaching, like you're saying it's repetition. And so part of it, I think is like, I am wired just differently where I'm like, okay, I can keep doing it. But to your point, it's not always fun and exciting. Like, yeah, of course I get sick and tired of talking about the same thing. So for me, it's how do I, how do I make it different? How do Mm -hmm. I, I get to reimagine how I produce or how I provide or how I show up or how I serve. So it's like, I'm teaching in a different way, or I create new slides, or there's like, even with Empower over the course of the last two and a half years, now we have like 140 page workbook. That's the fourth version though. Yeah. How many rounds have you done of Empower at this point? So 
we doors open today for the 13th class. Woo, woo, woo. 13 yeah. y'all you hear this 13 rounds of her signature program, which like, this is a multi-million dollar business. Like she's yeah. not fucking around over there. <laughs> and, and yeah, 13, like that, but like it doesn't, the, it's not even the same thing. Like you can't right. even say that right. course one is the same or class one is the same as class 13. Right. Like it's a totally different program and a totally different experience. And it just, I'm teaching the same content, yes. but it just in such a different way. And yeah. for me, that's what the team and I sit down at the beginning of this year. We're like, okay, how do we make it fun for me? Because mm-hmm. it does get stale and stagnant. Um, but I also think I am just wired that way where it's like, that was gymnastics repetition. Like yeah. as a teacher, here we are eight years later, like here's the soccer unit. Like it's the same thing, <laughs> right? Like every year it's like, I'm going to statements for the 5 millionth time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's like, how can I recreate and reimagine how I'm, how I'm showing up and yeah. how I'm teaching it and make it fun for me, which ultimately makes it more fun for the client. And absolutely just comes from client feedback. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And too, like with, when we say this, like every round they're new humans. So yep. that makes it an entirely new experience too. Like yeah. you can have one class that's like, Oh, this class was kind of like this. And then one that you're like, Whoa, this group was like, Oh, so different. It's the same yeah. shit is happening pretty much. Yeah. It was like a completely different experience for you, the teacher coach and for them, just cause like all the humans are different. Um, yeah. So are our needs and like our attention span and technology and society, like everything is constantly changing. So every mm-hmm. 12 weeks that we're running it, we collectively are just in a different space with different yep. tools, you know? So yeah, exactly. Even like a, you know, training you do yesterday is not going to be the same as you doing it tomorrow because yeah. you're a different human in those two days. Okay. So with that too, cause, and you mentioned before, like you're a creature of habit, you've got your structure and your systems and all of that. What are some of your like daily habits or rituals that help you be successful? And I know previously you had like a two hour morning practice. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same. I feel like it's probably evolved a little bit as you've become less, it has to look this way every time. And if I don't do my five hour morning thing and it's nothing is going to work. <laughs> Yes. And (laughs) (laughs) it's taken me a lot of years to build up to having like a two or a three hour morning routine. So for the person listening, who's like, what, I don't even have 10 minutes. Like me either. I've built on it over years, like year over year. And it started at like five minutes in 2012 and has grown. Um, I still do have kind of not a strict morning routine, just like certain things that are sort of non-negotiable. And I am more fluid and flowy with like, if I don't feel like doing one, one, t- one day, I don't do it. I don't force myself to do it because it's like part of the system. Yeah. Like also the for us. Exactly. Anyone who's listening, like this is mine. This is what works for me. So you have to figure out what works for you. I also am just innately a morning person. Like I want to be up when the sun rises. I love it. It's my favorite time of day. I think anything before 7am is just like magic. So I love it. That's for me. I'm not into sleeping late. doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I'm still just like, I pop up in the morning and I'm ready to go. So certain things for me, and it depends again on the day, movement is a non-negotiable, whether it's stretching, dancing, heavy lifting, I don't care, but Mm -hmm. movement, I prefer to do it in the morning, but sometimes my schedule, I, I do it in the afternoon. I do, I meditate every day. That's pretty much an everyday thing for sure. So meditation, which again, started as two or three minutes on headspace a million years ago. And now I do like an hour and 15 Joe Dispenza. Um, so just a wild different, but, but some days I do a shorter one. So I'm not like, there's no structure. I do journal. I'd say probably five days a week. Um, Mm -hmm. I love journaling. 
I have certain things I will kind of check off, but I'm more open now to just like free flowing. Cause I think also over the years of having practice and being introduced to different prompts and stuff, I don't need as much structure because I'm able to like pull my own questions or prompts or mm-hmm. just write, you know, at the beginning I needed a little bit of a framework, a little bit of a blueprint. Yeah just like business, right? It's like you, you come into someone's program, you learn their system or blueprint. It doesn't mean it's the only way, the best way or the way that you have to do it, but it's like, start with some sort of a blueprint and then start to feel around like, what feels good for me? Do I like this? Do I not like this? So other things in my routine, it no longer happens in the morning. I generally do it at night, but for 10 years, reading was always in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now I prefer to read at night and I've allowed myself to shift to that. And I card pull usually every day but I'll do that with my journaling. So I kind of put those two together, mm-hmm. coffee, water and walks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. And like, I have a yeah. lot of the same things in my, in my toolbox. And yeah, some days my meditation is like a freaking song or like dancing to like Cardi mm-hmm. B. And sometimes it's a, an hour walk along the beach with Joe Dispenza thinking about how my brain works. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it's, there's a spectrum Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love all of that. And with, okay. So yeah. So I love that habits, rituals, practices. And I completely agree with what you said with like, you learn, start with a framework or a system or a structure in some way, and then you improvise and you adapt. Um, and, and I think there's something too, like, if you have such a rigid, morning ritual or daily practice. And if you feel like, oh, if I don't get it all in, then like my day is shot. Like that's then a morning practice that's not effective for you. Right. If it's like that, like make or break, you know? And, and so, so yeah, so I love like, you know, and we, we say this too, like in business, in fitness, in art, I think like Picasso said something about like, you know, you learn the rules first so that you can break them. And that's like what true creativity looks like. It's not just like, breaking the rules without even any knowledge of them. Cause you're like, Oh, well, you're just doing like shit haphazardly, you know? Uh, so yes, yeah, so I, I definitely, I agree with that. Like figure out the structure, the, the quote unquote rules to a certain extent and be aware of yeah. them, but then like improvise and get creative and do what, what works for you for sure. Are you an entrepreneur looking to elevate your authority? Do you want to be known as the go-to expert in your industry even more than you already are? To reach celebrity status and get your message out to even more people around the world? Have you been considering public relations but you just haven't found the right agency to work with? Or maybe you haven't seen the results that you were hoping for? I get it. Working with a PR agency can be expensive and sometimes you don't get the results. At Influence and Impact, we've worked with some of the biggest heart-centered entrepreneurs in the game helping them to land major media coverage, top podcast interviews, speaking gigs, and collaborate with influencers who are excited to share their message with their audience. We would love to support you in getting your message out into the world in an even bigger way so that you can make an even bigger impact. You deserve it, and the world needs more of you. To learn more about Influence and Impact's PR and influencer marketing services, please visit laurensalon.com. Here's a little bit. I know that for you, like charity and giving back is such a 
such a huge value for you and such a priority. And I believe with every single sale that comes through, a percentage of that is donated. Correct. Will you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Thank you for bringing this up because it's part of the ripple when you get to talk about it. Um, when I left education, when I left teaching in 2017, I committed that I would always be involved in education in some capacity. doesn't matter what your opinion is on public school systems or not. Education is, it's so important. Yeah. In any, in any capacity, like we all deserve the right to an education and that's, that is literally our future. So I had committed to always being involved and as the universe would have it, if you believe in that sort of thing, we used to have an an older company that I did in fitness and I used to give to charity every month and I would let the girls in our community pick the different charities. So every month we'd give to a different charity and never duplicated. And so we'd give, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there. I had a coach, this was in like 2017, who said, you know, if you gave to one charity, you probably could make a bigger impact then if you're just giving to all these little random ones, mm. I would encourage you to think about one charity. I said, okay, I don't know which one. And then the snowball happened. I went in to go train a personal training client and he brought me a book and he said, I thought you might like this book. And it was A Promise of a Pencil by Adam Braun, who is the founder of Pencils of Promise. So at the exact same time that he gave me the book, I had watched a few of my, my mentors all on Instagram, literally like that week, they were in Guatemala building a school with Pencils of Promise. And so I was like, that's so weird. So I read the book and obviously it very much resonated with me. And then there's one more piece that was even crazier. We go to an event and we're at Lewis House Summit of Greatness. We get invited to a dinner of like a friend of a friend of a friend. And so we're sitting at the like friend of a friend of a friend table, you know, like the others. And so we're sitting at the other's table with a bunch of random people. And I'm sitting next to a man who I'd never met. And we start chit-chatting. And I was telling him how, you know, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, and we get back to charity, blah, blah, blah. He said, which charity? I said, a lot of different charities, but I'm thinking about one. And he said, which one? I said, have you heard of Pencils of Promise? And he cracked into a huge smile. And he was like, I'm on the board. I said, of course you are. Now, this was in like two weeks. My mentors were in Guatemala. Yeah. I go to this event. I get this book. And that man is Jim Carter. So shout out to Jim. Yeah, what up, Jim? Um, just the best human in the world. And he was like, let me connect you to the CEO. So he connected me to the CEO who is no longer with the company. Um, but at that moment, it was just a like done. Universe got it, heard, message received. We also had um, honeymooned in Africa. And when we were in Africa, we were like, we have to come back here. Like we need to be a part of this. Just an amazing community and culture over there. So from that day moving forward, we committed to every single sale that comes in. We give education for one student for one year overseas through Pencils of Promise. And because we were able to raise so much money and donate so much money and just raise so much awareness, Pop actually uh, gifted us. That's kind of a loose term because it was our donations, but they gifted us with the school. And so we actually built our own school during 2020 and the doors opened January of 2021. So So we have a school over in Ghana. Yeah. And um, it's named after my, my, my husband's late mother. And Mm. so it's donated to her. It's in her memory. And yeah, all the students that come through any of our programs are just giving back to the students over there. And I cannot wait to go. I I can't wait to go. I want to visit. That'd be so cool. Oh, I love that. And it's so beautiful. And I know that you feel that like every business owner should do something like this, right? Like have some charitable give back, like speak into that Mm -hmm. a little bit more. 
Yeah, so we obviously don't force it, but part of our programs, we teach we teach the charitable give back component and we talk about different ways that you can do it. And we, we introduce different ways, whether it's giving a percentage or if it's a one for one or if it's like a lump sum. And we have an accountant on staff. We have a financial coach that helps out in all of our programs and she dives into what it could look like just to be giving and you know what is a what is an okay safe percentage and when you're looking at your profits and your revenues and all these different things right because a lot of questions come up and so while we don't force it we heavily encourage it and i would guess my guesstimate would be about 97 percent of all of our graduates have a charitable component to their businesses and they pick whatever they want it to be and it's just it's so cool that we help them create that and that's again part of the ripple that's beautiful i love it yeah okay so you mentioned a bit back, like your reading habits and stuff. And I know that you read a lot. What are you currently reading? I'm currently reading The Great Pain Deception. Oh. Yeah. What is it's this? It's really good. So it's kind of around the concept of trapped emotion and healing with our brain and how, as far as I've gotten in the book, how a lot of our physical pain that we feel is is actually just manifested in emotions and you can fix it and heal it. And it's very similar to a lot of the Joe Dispenza placebo effect type of stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's really good. And it was written, uh, it's Steven something with an O and it was written based off of his experience that he had through just like a lifetime of so many layers and layers and layers of pain and injury. And it's very cool. So I'm currently doing that. Oh, I think that stuff is fascinating. Um, it's like the emotion code you mentioned, um, Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And it's so true. Like, unless you have an acute injury, right. You get hit by a car, Mm -hmm. you get like knocked while playing sports and like tear something or whatnot, like fall off something, break your arm. Like, unless you have an acute injury, a lot of the times like physical pain is yeah. An emotional manifestation. And like, I, I know for myself, like I, and I think we've probably talked about this before. Like I was dealing with sciatica, like nerve pain for a year straight and did all the physical things, all the physical things that you can do like consistently and never actually solved the problem. And then within six weeks of going to therapy, it went away completely for good. (laughs) Like, of course it did. (laughs) Well, yeah, there we are. It was in my brain, not my body really. Oh gosh. Um, So another thing that I, I want to want you to share about a little bit is you a few months ago did a 30 day learn how to, I th- believe it's called shuffle dance yeah. kind of challenge and yeah. starting from like a complete beginner. So Jess was, for those of you who maybe haven't been following Jess that long, uh, she was learning how to shuffle and <laughs> posted like you know, stories documenting that journey of learning how to do it every single day for 30 days. And like the first one, yeah, was like awkward. (laughs) Right. And then by the end of it, I'm like, look at this bitch. Like, look at my friend. She's so good. Retired. Do TikTok. Just kidding. Um, okay. So why did you do that? Uh, twofold. One was just to give myself something new to focus on that wasn't income producing, that had no tie to becoming income producing. It didn't have to do anything for business. Uh, There was no pressure around it and just something like for fun to fill my cup. The second was actually to commit to something to be more in the feminine energy, which is kind of counterintuitive because it was like in my schedule to do the thing and maybe (laughs) even like watch a YouTube video, right? But like, it was more just like, 
holding myself accountable for movement again. Um, I know you get it coming from the fitness industry. It's like, I also used to do bodybuilding and fitness competitions. The thought of not working out for a day, being a college gymnast, like my whole life I've worked out. Yeah. However, the last two and a half years since the company really like exploded and scaled and then the move to the RV, all these different things, that stuff really started to take not even a back burner. Like it was in like the guest room. <laughs> I mean, it was so rare that I was moving. I was barely mm. even like walking. And so physical pain started happening more. I just wasn't feeling good about myself. And so it was like, how can I make it fun? Because I had done everything from like, you know, yoga, I have, I have 700 certifications, like whether it was CrossFit or yoga or whatever, I've tried everything in fitness and I, and I've done all the things and none of it was sparking joy. None of it was exciting. None of it was fun. I wasn't motivated, but I love dancing. And I see these little, you know, 20 year olds bopping around doing this <laughs> shuffle dancing. And I'm just like, I want to learn how to do it. Whatever. I'm almost 40. Who cares? Like I can learn how to shuffle. And so it was just a, it was for me. It was for me. And ironically and posting it and being consistent about it. People were loving it, not the dancing, but just the like, thank you for putting yourself mm -hmm. out there and being a beginner and being brave and looking stupid really. And I don't look like what I would want to, right? I see these girls on TikTok and I'm like, God, they're so good, but like, it's okay. I'm not doing it to be so good or to turn it into a business. I'm doing it for me. And every time I've taken like a Zoom shuffle dance class, which has been just a small handful of times I've signed up for them, it's, I'm glowing. Like I'm just, I'm having the best time. It's so much fun and it. it doesn't matter what it looks like. You know, it's just, so yeah, it was for me. It was for me. I love that. Yeah. Is there a new, a new skill on the, on the list or coming up? Well, you know, it's funny that you said that I've always wanted to learn how to skateboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, do, I don't have one yet. I did not purchase one yet. I might, I think I might, but more just even the shuffling. Cause it was like, cool. I was consistent for 30 days and then I didn't do it for 30 days. And then I started getting back into it again and then I stopped. And so I think just holding myself accountable and doing that and having fun with it. I am really excited to get back to like dance classes. And I think yes. one of the things that I struggle with on the road is not having that like a gym yeah. to go to a studio dance classes. But if I flip the perspective, I get to try things in all different areas. It's just not the consistent, like once a week or a 10 pack mm -hmm. or something, I'm kind of just like popping in and trying, which is awesome. It's really, really cool. So yeah. I'm excited to get back to like that type of stuff. Cause it's right. just, that's, it's fun. It's just fun for me. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about money because mm. yeah, went from being a PE teacher, right? Like, and literally like that PE teacher salary, you make, probably that much in a week now, what you would make in like a year sometimes, or like, like twice yeah. as much as that, like yearly yeah. salary in a month, if not more, yeah. more probably like, which what is now? insane. Yeah. yeah. I was making after eight years, I left making 50 grand. That's yeah. what, I was making 50 grand when I left. Yeah. Yeah. And you make well over that a month at this point. And yeah. I mean, you know, I'll just, I'm like, let me just throw that out there for everybody. <laughs> um, what were some of the mindset shifts that you, that were most powerful for you in being able to attract that level of abundance and hold on to it, not hold on, right. We're not like oh, holding on to the money, but like attract that and, and handle it in a responsible way. Like what shifts did you make to be able to go from like, yeah, 50 K a year to being seeing a hundred K in your checking account, right? Like what were those shifts that helped? 
so crazy when you like hear someone else say it, you know, because when you're, you're, in like, it, you're like, what? <laughs> you're like 50 you weeks about like, me. <laughs> yeah, it's normal, isn't it? Um, oh my gosh, so many things, so many things. I, I okay, starting off with like financial thermostat. So before like the mindset stuff, it for me, it was more of like, let me do the masculine first. I tend to default to the masculine where it's yep. like the strategy and the black and white thinking and logical. So very much like the tactical, what is my financial thermostat? Where where do I currently have money? How much money do I have? How am I spending? How am I investing? What's the difference between spending and investing? Um, looking at things like, I never had a 401k because I was a teacher. So it was a 403b, but like looking at, mm-hmm. at that, right? Like, do I have savings? And also how involved is Mike in my money? How involved is my dad still or my parents mm-hmm. in my money? Mm-hmm. And where do I have, I had like bat mitzvah bonds, you know, from like when I was a kid, it's like, where, where is all of my money? Yeah. And then doing exercises and seeing like, how can I actually create money? Not just out of thin air, which is what we do now, but how can I create money? So if I push come to push came to shove, if I had to sell every single thing that I owned, every book, every coffee mug, every laptop, every, right? Like all the things, my clothing, how much money can I come up with? Like how fast can I create yes. money out of thin air? And when you, when I started to realize like money was all around me and that I was literally just like swimming in it, I started to then change like my money mindset. And then it started to go into the deep generational, the things that we were taught, society conditioning. How do I think about money? Do I believe that you know, it's the root of all evil. It doesn't grow on trees. What did my parents say to me growing up? And it's not about they did bad or good, or they were right or wrong. It's just, it's the conditioning, right? It's a societal conditioning. And it's how do I look at it, which is interesting. And for me, it was a really deep dive because entrepreneurs, that's not something that happens in my family. We come from a family of like doctors and lawyers, and it was already like, quote unquote, bad enough that I went to school for physical therapy, got my undergrad degree, but then dropped out of my doctorate program. So I was already a failure. And then looking at it, I, then I went into like fashion for a minute, which definitely <laughs> like, was like another failure with our daughter. Right. Exactly. And then when I went into teaching, it was like cute and it was safe and it was secure. And at the time my parents were like, go get a teaching job. Like just do something <laughs> just right. Like job. just get a job. You're 22, 23 or whatever. I had, you know, grad school and then another college when I was so even teaching for me felt like, for me in my story, felt like a failure because I was like 50 grand a year. But healing that relationship around success and redefining success and money and what does it mean and what does it give us and what does it bring and how do I feel about all of it? So after like the masculine, where is the money? Then it was the feminine, mm-hmm. how do I feel about money? Um, mm-hmm. And then being open to receiving it. And, you know, fortunately, my, the, people in my life, my mentors, my father, my brother, my husband are all very like good with money. They're very money savvy. And so I've just had a lot of good lessons and understanding like moving money and credit and interest and all these different things. And so I started to step into really enjoying like playing with my money and where can I put it and how can I move it and how does it feel? And um, I think also money, I don't think money is cyclical. So the way that it works is like you put it out, it comes back. It's just the way it works. And so one of the mm-hmm. reasons it's not why we give back, but we give back, we invest in mentors. We invest in even being in this Airbnb right now. Like we don't see it as spending. We see it as investing. And it's like, when we put it out, I'm confident it will come back. And yes. it does, right? Like yes. yesterday was a great day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I love it. Lots of, lots of work around money. And I think for me, the best way to learn is to teach. And so now that I get to teach this stuff, the more that I teach it and help share with others, the more that like it deepens within me and I like embody it and integrate it. And I'm like, 
oh, this is easy now. Like, this is fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For you. And, and this question just popped up. I was like, oh, I actually, I'm curious. I haven't chatted with you about this. What are some of the biggest shifts you've seen in the coaching industry or the online business industry over the past year? And like, what shifts do you see coming or that we're like kind of stepping into right now? Mm. Well, I think it's no secret that like, there's a lot of coaches. Yeah. There's a lot of coaches out there and everyone talks about it being saturated. <clears throat> It is saturated. Like, I'm not going to argue that it's not. There's 8 billion people in the planet, but a lot of people are on social media and a lot of people are now coaches. And so you can find a coach in any capacity, in any industry, anytime, anywhere. So it is saturated. However, I feel that a lot of this is just my opinion, right? But I feel saturation is not necessarily like the problem or the challenge. That's not the competition people feel. Market sophistication is what people are feeling. So as the market is becoming more sophisticated as the coaches, as the, ind- the industry is not new. My own mentor has been doing this for 14 years online. Like it's been around for a while. It's just new to the general population. It's yeah. like there were the, there were the innovators and then there were the early adopters. And now we're already past that. Like getting in 2012, 2013, when I got in, that's more of an early adopter phase. This is now just like everyone at the masses. Mm-hmm. So it's not new. Um, And I think as the market has become more saturated and more in demand, more people want it, more people want to be a part of it, more people are looking for coaches, the sophistication has just gotten more, which means like marketing has gotten better, messaging has gotten more clear, the way people are doing things. Maybe it was even for a couple of years like ads, right? If you were spending money on ads, you were going to be above or you were going to get there faster, which isn't necessarily true at all. We just had our first stint in playing with ads for the first time, and that was not our experience at all. Um, but it was a beautiful lesson. So I just think it's getting more sophisticated. I also believe this is my personal belief. It's not regulated. The coaching industry is not regulated yet. And I think it will be. And I think Mm. unfortunately something probably not great has to, will have to happen. Something will have to happen for it to then scam like exactly. Yeah. And then, um, there will be some sort of a crackdown on the coaching industry, which at that point, I think the cream will rise and, whether it's people who are, you know, the messaging is really clear or they have more experience or certifications, whatever it is, more clients. I do think at that point, it's going to start to kind of like separate the industry of like, not the beginners, but just like any industry, like the certain cream rises. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my belief. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just, I think, unfortunately, you know, it's not regulated. So it's kind of like the wild, wild west out there in coaching right now. And I do think they're, I've even seen things being cracked down on already. Um, yeah. Specific Ooh, like to like scams. Like, give I, me I've the seen, tea. I've seen some accounts get shut down for over-promising or like scammy type mm. language or even Facebook, like with Facebook ads and stuff right now, despite their issues they're having with iOS <laughs> and all that. Um, yeah. There's so many words you can't use. Like if it's at all could be confused with like multi-level marketing. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, they're not interested in pushing it out because they don't want to push that out. Yeah. They, they don't want people marketing off of people's misfortune. That's a huge yeah. one right now. Yeah. Which a lot of people are, you know. Right. And talking about this last year in a way that's not manipulative because mm-hmm. they probably have incredible solutions, but in a way that could be misconstrued as. Exactly. And just like we're seeing with the media being like, fear, fear, everything's terrible. Yeah. You're going to die if you leave your house, you know, like, <laughs> and we see the results of that. And what that mm-hmm. has done to people who are believing it, right? That, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're 
coaching and marketing in a way that's all just like people's pain points, pain points, fear, fear, fear. If you don't do this, like that is a, yeah, a level of manipulation. Right. And yeah, and yeah, I, I, I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. all right. But I don't think it's going anywhere. No, agreed. 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 All right. Cause we're coming up on time. I'm like, no, but I just want to keep hanging out with you. Um, we can hang out. A couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up. And then of course, like we'll do this again sometime. Um, tell us about a time. Cause obviously this show is all about like owning your, your truth and standing the freaking F out. And for those who don't know, like real talk, like Jess is one of the best people in the coaching industry to learn from when it comes to creating an online business, creating a group program, all that kind of stuff. So like, I feel like you're like, so like humble sometimes and you're like almost understated and it like sounds so like, Oh, you know, like, and not that you're not a normal person, but like this woman right here is doing a fucking big thing. She's like playing a huge fucking game. I love you too. Um, okay. So is there a specific time that you can think of? And I'm sure there are many when you really decided to like stand out and like, like show up, use your voice, whatever it was like in a, in a really big way that like maybe scared the shit out of you. Yeah. I think there were a couple, I mean, just even quitting teaching. Right. Cause I had already, like I alluded to before, I'd already felt like a failure so many times over. And that was my own story or like family stuff. But when I, sat down and I was like 30, 31. I was an adult. I think I was 31. I might even been 32. I guess if I could do math, I'm 37. So yeah, it was like four years ago. I was 33 years old when I quit teaching. I sat down in my parents' kitchen and I was like, this is what's going to happen. Like I'm leaving my job. And I was, I was, I was a tenured teacher, but in the state of New Jersey, in order to receive your pension that I had paid into, you have to teach for 10 years or more. And so I had only hit eight. And so the conversation was like, well, just stick around for two more. This is ridiculous. Like claim your pension, like do two yeah. more years. What's the big yeah. deal? And I You're just like, no, was like, I will die. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was probably one of the, one of the times going against the grain of everyone I worked with, they were not happy with me. You know, people thought I was crazy, my family, all of it leaving with no plan. I think another time looking back, I just did a reflection post yesterday of kind of like the journey of entrepreneurship starting, you know, back from, I don't know, 20, I think 2008, 2009, when I had an accessory line, that, right? Like I look at it and I go, who were you? Are you kidding me to walk? I was walking, I was 24 years old, walking into New York city boutiques with handmade purses. Like, do you want to sell these on consignment? Like what? What are you crazy? I love it. Yeah. But I did. And then I look at like that little company, I I call it a company in quotes, but my little thing that I did for four years, fit trips, right? Monthly women's only Mm -hmm. fitness based field trips every single month. And then all of a sudden we had ambassadors around the country and I was doing them in different cities. And then we were doing them international retreats. And I had a huge event, 250 women showed up in New York city an eight hour day. It was a $40,000 event cost me. Right. And I look at it and I go, what, what you're standing on stage with the microphone? Like, yeah, let's go. You know? And I'm just, I, I think it's that where I've realized just literally in the past three days, what leadership is. Mm. And I've taken a lot of classes on leadership. I was a teacher. <laughs> right. But like, aside from my degree in leadership, the last three days have shown me that my job, my role as a leader, and it's a gift. My role as a leader is, is to go first and it's to like fall down and scrape my knees and bump my head. And like, it really hurts and it really sucks. But then I get to take all the things that I learned and I get to share it. And 
it's, that's the coolest gift in the world. And so now I'm like, I will continue to lead no matter what, like, give me the flashlight. I don't care if it has a battery. Like I'll just, I'll figure it out. I'll bump my knee. I'll scrape my, you know, I'll scrape my elbow, but it takes like sitting in the shadow and, and, and crying through like some of the growth and the pain and the challenge to be like, okay, all right, I understand this is happening for me and not to me. And now I get to go share that with whoever it is that wants to listen. And so I don't even think I answered your question, but using my voice is just, I think it's the consistent, I mean, even back in high school, like team captain of every sport I played, right? Like it's the consistent leadership role that I've always taken yeah. on teacher, teacher, leader, just like, I'll go first. I'll do it. I'll go first. Yeah. Like, you know, and I just, I feel like I always step in front of the crowd to go first and maybe it's for external validation. I'm sure there's like lots of layers of that still where it's recognition. I love recognition. Mm -hmm. I love awards. It's why I've been a yeah, high You're achiever. a three, right? Enneagram three, aren't you? 100%. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh my God, validate me. Um, which I'm working on. Right. But it's also just like the lack of fear where I'm like, mm. fine, it's fine. I'll go first. No one wants to go. No big deal. Like yeah. big river of snakes. Like, sure. Sign me up. You know? snakes. <laughs> I got you guys. Don't worry. I'll be the hero. Uh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of levels to work through, but it's that. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. I, ha I do have one more question for you. Well, yeah. one, one like big question for that. Everyone's going to love. And before I get to that one, okay. Empower empower you is launching right now. This is your signature flagship program. Like the OG learn how to build your motherfucking online business from start <laughs> to like profitable, you know, yeah. um, tell us a little bit more about empower. And if anyone's like, yes, please me, I want that. Like, how can they get, get into it? Yeah. Ooh, so much to talk about. It's a 90 day group coaching program. It's not a normal course. It's not a typical program. It just really isn't. We have, you know, 10 different coaches. Like I said, we have a lawyer, accountant, like you name it. We got, we, we have everything. There's live coaching calls, the portal, yada, yada. But what we do is we help you go from idea to creation within 12 weeks. So right around week eight, you're actually like launching your own course or program that we've helped you create. Of course, we're mastering like niche and ideal client and all of those things that we, you know, everyone talks about. But the key here is that you actually launched your program while you're with us. And so then you start your course or program while you're with us. And so we're with you while you're with your clients. And so, yeah, the results speak for themselves. You can stock on my Instagram. Um, Empower itself created seven millionaires last year alone from zero. They came in with zero, made a million dollar business in one year, seven people. Um, and wow. aside from that, uh, aside from that, we've had about 7 million in revenue for our clients in addition to those 7 millionaires, uh, yeah. which is pretty bonkers. Um, doors are open. We keep the class size small, so it's super intimate. So we do sell out. Yeah. We sell out every single time. Yep. If you're interested, DM me at just the, you know, dot glazer. Yeah. You can go to and I'll, my bio. Yes. And I'll put a link to the show notes with Jess's Instagram Thanks. with a link for more info about empower, all that kind of stuff. So you guys can check it out. And absolutely. Like I, I told you guys, like I, I hired Jess last year. Like we started as friends. I hired her and, and jumped into what is now elevate, right. The elite yep. mastermind. Cause like this, like she knows her shit y'all like, you know, <laughs> like we're not joking around over here. Um, and so highly recommend checking that out. Even if you just have an idea of a business that you want to start, like you will have all the support you need to, build it quote unquote the right way. Right. Um, and make it profitable, like profitable yeah. within 
<laughs> those 90 days, yo. Yep. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and okay, last question for everybody. <laughs> Hand motions. What is one key piece of advice, like an action item, quote, thought, question, someone can ask themselves for people who are listening. So for the, the audience right now, who for them to stand out and just like live more unapologetically, more boldly, more aligned, like all of that. What would you say if you had to give them like one, leave them with one thing? Mm, that big queen energy, if you will. Oh, I wore <laughs> that shirt today. <laughs> um, oof, it's like everything I want to say is so cliche. So it's cliche so. for a reason, right? I think I'm going to say a quote and I hope I get it right. I say it all the time. So hopefully I'm going to write it's a Steve Jobs <laughs> quote. And you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect them looking backwards and you have to trust that they'll appear. And I'm going to riff on that, but what's the face? Oh, I'm making a face and I have chills, you guys. So, so at some point, the, the video versions of these will go onto YouTube and everything like that. But I'm making a face because I posted that quote in my stories two days ago. About Did you? his, yeah, his commencement speech, like at, at Stanford or something where he'd like yeah. took calligraphy and he yeah. was like, yeah, it seemed pointless. And like, I would never, like he did it for fun. Right. And he was like, yeah, this isn't going to serve me in any way. And then down the road, he's like, oh, am I stealing your entire story that you're about to tell? No. Okay, great. No. <laughs> I was like, did I just totally I'm steal talking about me, not Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then down the road he goes, and then we created the first Apple computer and it was the first computer to have beautiful typography. And that's how he, yeah, looked back and connected those dots. Oh, if I hadn't taken that calligraphy class years mm -hmm. ago, my computer would not have that beautiful, aesthetic, lovely feeling to it. And like yeah. real talk, like that's why I use, like part of why I use Macs because they're gorgeous machines and they're yeah. created 100%. with artistic, like in them. And so, yeah, yeah, that thing of like connecting those dots. Oh, here it yeah. is. Here's where yeah. this happens so, now. <laughs> that's funny. So I say this quote all the time when people ask me my favorite quote. Um, I don't know if it's like my all time favorite. It just is always so fitting. And if you're not listening, like listen, close your eyes and mm -hmm. listen, you can't connect the dots looking forward. And I want you to think about the dots as stepping stones. So you're in a river and you want to get to the other side. You want to get to the other edge of the river, the bank. And there are rocks, there are stones. And so you can't figure out which ones you're going to go on when you're looking forward. But once you get to the other side of the river, you can look back and you can point out each single rock that you stepped on. Mm. And the funny thing is we get so caught up and now I want you to visualize that you have like a flashlight with you and we get so caught up. We, we wait for so long. It's literally now getting dark out because we are not making a decision on which rock to step on because we're so scared of mm. judgment or, or fear of um, failure or perfectionism or whatever it is. So we're still standing on this rock that we've been on all day and the sun starts to go down and it's cold and it's uncomfortable and you have a flashlight. And now you're using this flashlight to shine around to look for the closest rock. And really what all we need to do is just like step on whatever rock is, is near you and not worry about if it's the right or wrong. It's just taking one step. And if you continuously just take one step, you'll eventually get to the other side. And the funny thing is like, if you choose, let's picture a rock to our right and to our left. If you choose the rock to your right, you'll never know what going to the left would have been. It doesn't matter. That's not your path. It, it, like you chose the one on the right. And so that's the rock that you chose. And some of them that you're going to choose, you're going to slip. There's going to be like little algae on it. And some of them are going to be a little rocky because they're not actually settled into the ground the way you thought that they were. 
it doesn't matter. You get to practice your balance. You get to practice your, you know, your quick movements or whatever that is. And you can just quickly hop to another rock. And so the cool thing about being a leader to put a bow on it all is that like, I very often feel that I am standing with a flashlight, but let me be clear. I'm not at the front of the line. I have people in front of me. I have leaders in front of me and they have flashlights. And my only job is just to get to the next rock and then turn around and go, Hey, are you cool back there? Do you need anything? You should, you should come to this rock or, Hey, just to let you know, this one's really slippery. You might want to try the one to the left. Let me shine the flashlight on the one to the left for you. Go ahead, step on it. You good. Okay, cool. You're safe. Right. And this is it. We're playing a game. It's like Frogger. We're just going across the river. Like, so to, to, to all the things that you asked before, you know, the failures of like dropping out of physical therapy and kinesiology and then having like fashion design school and going to be a teacher, like every single thing that I've done has given me the tools and the lessons and the people that I've needed to be here. And I just know that that will always be. So there is no right or wrong decision. Like that's it. Oh, I love it so much. I love that. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to conclude this interview. I've loved it. Thank you for spending an hour and a half. Thank you. I love you to death. And there was so much value and goodness in this. Um, And absolutely, you'll be back on the show. And I'm just so happy that we got to do this. So everybody, make sure you are following Jess, Jess jess.glazer. I almost said .com, (laughs) jess.glazer on Instagram. And then check the show notes for more information on Empower or just slide into her DMs. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your freaking genius and magic with all of us. I adore you and appreciate you you. so much. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic.